I'm here with the one and only Tim McMahon, Ban McMahon from ESPN, coming up on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavs Podcast. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Lockdown Mavs. It's one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris, contributor Mavs.com, Studio 41. If you listen on YouTube, appreciate it. Leave a comment below on YouTube. I'm with the YouTube, I mean pro right now. And Tim McMahon, Ben McMahon, first time appearance on Lockdown Mavs. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. A little bit offended that Nick boycotted this episode. Uh, I ran into him at, at, at the one millionth Let's Kiss Dirk's butt press conference. I guess, you know, we go in the Hall of Fame. It, it's worth it, but I mean, we've had a street. We've had a jersey. We've had – actually, I've had – seen his number retired in two continents, two different numbers. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, statue go on and on. But anyways, I run into Nick today. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm looking forward to coming on with you guys tonight. He's like, yeah, I'm not coming on. And he kind of – Can you tell up. you why? No, no, listen, he he, he kind of big time me, honestly. And I was like, wow, okay, dude. So I'm, I'm, you know, we can go one on one, you know, he's, uh, we'll box him out. Hey, I heard you, uh, you got some post moves. <laughs> they are, they are creaky and slow. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of pump fakes because I damn sure ain't leaving the floor. <laughs> well, you know, we, uh, you know, I was joking about you being YouTube, you know, pro now. We we ate a pregame meal together in Western Conference Finals in San Francisco, and we literally talked about YouTube like half the time because yeah. y'all are about to start YouTube stuff. I think I was right before Hoop Collective. Y'all started doing YouTube then, mm-hmm. and now you're doing YouTube all the time, and it's one of the best you know NBA podcasts out there. So appreciate well, I appreciate it. that. And you know, it's, honestly, we're doing the same thing. They just we just you know turn on this little video camera on the computers and. And yap away, but uh, you guys kind of paved the way, and and the, the worldwide leaders following you. <laughs> no, 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 who's who's a uh, who's a closer friend to Wendy? You or LeBron? <laughs> uh, I will claim him. Uh, I'm not sure LeBron will. I don't think LeBron has maybe ever, but certainly not in a long, long time. <laughs> okay, we're we're gonna talk a lot of math stuff, and then uh, in the third segment. There, we're going to talk about uh, Tim's upcoming book on Luka Doncic that I'm super excited about. Uh, one real quick personal story at the top. When I first met you, it was like seven or eight years ago. I know you're not going to remember this because you met a hundred thousand people, and we we're in we we're in the AAC and we we're coming up from a practice from the practice court, and I was like, <laughs> and, and I and I introduced myself to you, and you're like, yeah, I'm Tim. I'm sorry in advance for being an asshole to you because that's how I am to people. And, <laughs> and I was like, Hey, it, you know, truth in advertising. At least I was honest about it. Hey, and it was my first experience of you. And I was like, dang, then I was like scared of you. <laughs> and now, now it's like Tim and I were talking, I mean, uh, Nick and I were talking about it the other day and we were both just cracking up about it. So, uh, well, here's the thing. Being an asshole. It's like my love language. I'm only an asshole to people that I like. <laughs> or at least, you know, a, a, a playful, a playful ass. So yeah. you you really liked Rick Carlisle. <laughs> Not sure that's mutual at this point. Not sure that's mutual at this point. He he, he plays a starring role in the book, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so let's talk Mavs. Are the Mavs done this offseason with trades? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Certainly, 
the Mavericks don't feel like this roster, you know, it's not like they're just kicking their feet up. And, woo, boy, this roster's got no flaws. I mean, hey, would they like to upgrade at starting center? Sure. Uh, you know, when Nico's phone rings and he sees another GM or a, another lead executive, is he answering it? Absolutely. He's, you know, I'm sure he's probably still making calls. Um, maybe they go into training camp. Uh, you know, with the roster as is, but I don't think that that they would rule out any of the moves by any stretch of the imagination. So how how close was it? What what was closer to happen, Capella or DeAndre Ayton for Dallas? I don't think either one of them were particularly close. Um, you know, the Capella deal. Um, my understanding was basically Atlanta wanted Josh Green or Jaden Hardy. Um, I, you know, I, I've seen other places, other people who I respect report. It was it was a firm ask for Josh Green, whatever. They wanted one of the uh, guys who are valuable trade assets that are on rookie deals for the Mavericks, and the, and the, and the Mavericks didn't want to do that. Plus, um, you know, the Mavericks obviously uh, had had talks quietly with the Thunder and, and, and liked the possibility that they had there where it was basically just a pure dump of Berton's contract to be able to move down two spots. They knew they'd be able to get Lively, who they really liked, obviously, uh, in doing that deal, and then create that trade exception that allowed them to make the other move where they got Omax Prosper out of that and then uh, Rashawn Holmes, and, and in that order, by the way. that That's the the, the priorities with that move. Um, and then the the Aiton thing, I mean, think about, think about what – the Suns were willing to move DeAndre Ayton for, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tim Hardaway, I, I do think the Suns value him. There's certainly he does have ties to the Suns organization. I've forgotten that not only is he represented by Mark Bartlestein, whose uh, son is the CEO of the Phoenix Suns, but he was actually Michigan teammates with Josh Bartlestein, the CEO. Wow. Josh was a, was a walk-on there uh, at Michigan. And still managed to get hired by a former Michigan State walk-on. So, you know, <laughs> but I mean, it was uh, what was it? It was Hardaway. Uh, Javel was the deal breaker. Who was the other contract? It was it was an, a forgettable other contract thrown in there. I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Was it Reggie? It might have been. I, th- I want to say it was somebody else, but it, I think it was somebody else. But anyway, the point being, it was like. Hardaway and, and a couple of contracts Mavericks were were looking to shed. Maybe it's Bertons. It wasn't Bertons because Bertons was was already gone to OKC. Uh, Shame on me for forgetting it. But like I said, it was uh, and the the deal breaker was when the Mavericks tried to throw McGee into the deal because essentially what the what the Suns were trying to do was they were trying to get Hardaway and and save a little bit of money and 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 dump DeAndre Ayton and the Mavericks were like hey. You know, we need to come out on top financially to, to do that deal. It's not like the Mavericks. I'll, I'll say this. Somebody of significance within the Mavericks organization I was talking to last year, and this person values DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. He's outvoted. He's outnumbered. <laughs> that is not the prevailing take. Now, look, if if that deal gets rekindled and it ends up getting done, they bring DeAndre Ayton in. Are they going to pump him up? Obviously. Oh, number one overall pick, double-double. But this is not a situation where the Mavericks have some, you know, huge motivation to go get DeAndre Ayton. 
really, would they like to upgrade starting center? Yes. Is the hope that Derek Lively will be ready to start, not this season, but sooner than later? Absolutely. So they don't necessarily want to bring in a guy who's got a significant long-term deal unless they feel like they're moving off money that they've been trying to move for a while. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back talking more Mavs. But first, let me tell you about our friends at FanDuel because this show is sponsored by FanDuel. Let's look up some odds right now. All right. Um, on FanDuel.com, on their sports book here, most improved player for the 2023-24 season in the NBA. Who has the best odds right now? That's Mikael Bridges at plus 650. Right after him is Cade Cunningham at plus 1,300. Then it's Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, Shin Goon, and Austin Reeves. Guys, Cade Cunningham, he's getting a lot of buzz this offseason. So uh, if you're confident going into next season, I was thinking about this the other day because I'm, I'm pretty dang confident in Cade Cunningham uh, going forward. He's plus 1,300 right now on FanDuel for most improved player. Might want to hit that one up because FanDuel is our official sponsor for Locked On Mavericks. You can visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. You can do spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. All right, we're back. Speaking of uh, the Mavs pumping up somebody, are you, are you buying the Mark Cuban pump up of Rashawn Holmes? I think Rashawn Holmes will have a chance to compete for minutes in training camp. You know, I, I honestly, I didn't see what Cuban said about him. Um, I think he'll have a chance to compete for minutes in training camp. Who, I would be, I'd be surprised if he starts. I think Dwight Powell will start. I know Mavericks fans, so there's, oh, I hate that, but I'll say this. If you look over the last five years at the offensive numbers in particular with Luca and Dwight on the floor, they're pretty damn good. Mm. You know, that like the man knows how to run pick and roll with Luca, uh, not just as a as an initial screener lob threat, but the Gortat screens. I would always say Dwight Powell's one of the best Gortat screeners in basketball. And uh the Mavericks had another big man last year who didn't know who Marcin Gortat was. Um that, that gentleman's still looking for work. Um <laughs> but um, I, I think Holmes will have a chance to compete for minutes. You know, I think a lot of that also is going to be like, hey, is Lively ready to play? Is he ready to contribute right away? Or do they need, and this wouldn't be the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination, he's a one-and-done guy. Does he need to go play 35 minutes a game, 30, 35 minutes a game, or until he fouls out in, uh, in the G League with the Legends? Like, Lively, you see the vision for him. But I think it's probably a little too optimistic to think he's going to be able to step right in and be an impact rotation player. Yeah. So do you you think Omax has a better shot at playing than Lively? I do, just because you know, older, more experienced. I mean, honestly, the the question with Omax is going to be how well does he does he shoot the three? Um, you know, can he can he attack close out here or there? Can he get out in transition? I think he can get out in transition and, and you know maybe help them uh, a little bit there. But I think his minutes will be ultimately determined uh, as by hey, you know, do they have to guard you out there? 
Like, can they sag off you and clog up space? You know, can you make them pay? You know, obviously the the, the comp in Dallas for him is is going to be Dorian Finney-Smith. And, you know, as you know, Dodo became a very, very good catch-and-shoot three-point guy. And that's what took him from, you know, his second contract, which is $4 million a year, to his third contract, which was right around fourteen. Yeah, and 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 a deal. <laughs> yeah, the fourteen made him a very valuable trade asset. Um, if the Mavericks don't make another trade right now, and this is the roster they go into the season with, where do you have them in the West? Ah, uh, I think they will be competitive. I think they're probably a third type of tier team. Um, I have the Nuggets on their own tier until somebody. You know, proves differently, and then I don't think the Mavericks will be competing for home court advantage. Um, and if you're not competing for home court advantage, you're trying to stay out of the play-in, or maybe even trying to get in. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of teams in the West who expect to be, to be very competitive this year. Um, I don't think you know getting the top six spot is is a lock by any stretch of the imagination, and I don't think that's a controversial statement considering the Mavericks didn't get a play-in spot last year. You mean the Mavericks, they didn't try for a play-in? I didn't know. Oh, they, they here's the thing. They tried right up until they didn't have any control. Dude, so, Bontemps Bon Temps on y'all's pod, he was like really upset that the Mavericks didn't try for that. Well, I'll say this. It it was a terrible look, and the Mavericks deserved the criticism. My point all along was that you know, it, the NBA fined them for tanking and, and and rightfully so because it was so blatant. My my criticism is not that they did the logical thing and tanked the last two games when the circumstances were, hey, if you screw up and it's the 11th pick, that gets shipped to New York and you lose a major asset. The problem is this is a team that had a first-team All-NBA player, made a win-now trade, and still was in position where tanking the last couple games made sense. That's a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you assuming that Grant Williams is the other starter with Dwight Powell? And then get, are we penciling in Josh Green as the, the fifth starter? You know, if I'm making the lineup, yes. I, I don't want to assume on that, though. Um, I Can think you speak on his extension at all? Uh, I, I I don't know how much momentum there is right now. I guess so. I I don't want to speculate on that. Um, you know, and and it's also one of those things where we've seen the approach that the Mavericks have taken in the past with Dorian Finney-Smith, where it didn't bite them, with Jalen Brunson, where obviously it, it did bite them, to where they didn't want to give a guy an extension and basically take him off of the trade block that year, knowing that when teams call the Mavericks. The, the first names they ask about with the assumption, obviously, that, that the, you know, the MVP candidate who hadn't even hit his prime yet is not, not available. But they're asking about Josh Green. You know, they are asking about Jaden Hardy, but Josh Green's the first name. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Mavericks wanted to slow play that situation until just like they did with Dorian right after the trade deadline. And different circumstances, uh, you know, obviously one reason that it bit them with Jalen Brunson is because – the, the rookie contract they signed him to had a major flaw where he became unrestricted after his fourth year. Josh Green is a first round pick is not in that boat. Mm. All right. Can we do some rapid fire questions? Sure. 
Does that mean I gotta I gotta be quick? You don't want me yammering? They're just no, they're just random random questions I want to throw at you. Some okay. of them have, some of them not. A uh, better chance of being on the Mavs next year, Christian Wood or Javel McGee? <laughs> Javel <laughs> McGee, because it's it's you know zero versus zero point one. Okay, so I, 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 zero point one is probably a little bit low. It's safe to say Javel McGee is not in the Mavericks plans. Yeah. How exactly that plays out, we'll see. Um, no chance Christian Woods back here. You and Javel have a friendship, right? Uh, he got a little huffy with me the, during his previous stint in Dallas, but he was, you know, he didn't play well or much last year, but he was pleasant to deal with. <laughs> I remember uh, the, the thumb story from back in the day. This is a good one. This is actually a funny story. And there, there's actually a, a lesson in this story that I that I've shared with with other reporters, and that's, you know, you don't need to tweet every thought that comes in your head, and like think, is there, am I tweeting just a tweet? Is there upside here? What's the downside? And most in, critical in-game analysis, honestly, it's like there's only downside. It's not like you're building anything here. But uh, they were getting blown out by the Spurs, and. Uh, Boban, I guess, I think it was Boban on the Spurs, had dunked on, I forgot who it was, that was on the Mavericks the previous time in San Antonio and apparently talked full trash. And so this was the game when Salamedri dunked in the second quarter and did some sort of barking towards the Spurs bench or the Spurs bench thought he was barking towards them. <laughs> if you remember, Pop kind of gave the... Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you know and then... Javel, I'm pretty sure it was Boban, dunked, and this they're down like 30. And, you know, woofed a little, you know, you know, gave them a little, let them know about it. And so I said, I tweeted something along the lines of, you know, both of the Mavs backup centers have talked trash uh, after dunking in the game and they're getting blown out by 30. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. Everybody's got a little snitch tag. And so, you know, waiting for Rick to come in, scrolling like, Scroll my oh my mentions are hot like what, what the heck and oh, okay Javel called me out on Twitter and I forget I forgot what he said but basic I think he called me a troll which I've been called a lot worse <laughs> and so I just walk in the locker room and I'm like hey dude like you know, do we need to talk about this what's going on and long story short he told me that all I needed to do my job was two thumbs so <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you I'd always say two thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. Javel's a nice guy, and to his credit, um, the dude's got championship rings. He's got a you know gold medal. He was just a really bad mid-level signing for the Mavericks last year. Now they're going to have to figure out how to how to move off of that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. saw saw the saw the vision for it, but uh, yeah, just didn't work. Third-year player option was a little tough. <laughs> okay. Um, no one talks about this player right now. What team is Damian Lillard on to start the season? I mean, I think if you're laying down bets, it's Miami. But uh, but we shall see, and we shall see. I think the soft deadline there, obviously, is the start of training camp, and if he ain't moved by then, it might not be pretty important. Daryl Morey's best friend, James Harden. <laughs> I think he'll be on Philadelphia. Ooh. 
because listen, if there's any you know personnel decision maker in the league who does not mind extreme awkwardness, it's Daryl Morey <laughs> to a fault. <laughs> to a fault. Hey, can you can you? Uh, I know I asked you Christian Wood Javel a little bit ago, and we still get asked to this day about Christian Wood. Why isn't why don't Mavis bring him back? Could you give like a Spark Notes version of why Christian Wood didn't work out in Dallas? Uh, a lot of the same reason, you know, Christian Wood didn't work out in Houston and in Detroit and in Milwaukee and in New Orleans and then, you know, we'll go on down the list. Like the guy obviously is an extremely talented offensive player, but every coach that he's had does not want him, you know, and frankly, Jason Kidd did not want him when they made the trade and it just never clicked. Um, he, you know, he's, he has some nights where he plays extreme, you know, well enough offensively where you forgive the fact that, as one high-ranking Maverick source put it, the problem's not that he's a bad defender. The problem's that he's an effing terrible defender. <laughs> that, that's pretty much a direct quote. And then just – I there's a part of me that's honestly empathizes with him because it's like, dude – if he would have just come in here and been like, okay, you want me to be six man? I'm going to be the best six man in the league. I'm going to dive into this role. I'm going to embrace that. If not here, he's somewhere and it's, and it's on a mid-level or, or maybe even more type of contract. But when your reputation is you're an empty stats guy who's a pain in the butt and there's grumbling by about your role, whether it's by you or by the people you rely on for advice, and it's nonstop and it's just – you know, and and you just basically confirm the the rap that you, which is that you don't care about winning, and you can't really contribute to winning. Then you're in a situation where you know it's uh what six weeks into free agency almost, and maybe you end up somewhere on a minimum, and it, it's unfortunate. Yeah. The worst thing a lot of players do is surround themselves by people who only tell them what they want to hear. Mm. Super talented guy. Unfortunately, that's probably and, and not, not a bad. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, I know. We like, have, yeah, he's not like he's he's not like a jerk. But it's just you know, there's always like, oh, dude, can you can like on times not walking in right before the meeting starts? You know, like come on, can you be professional? Like, can you put in extra work? You know, can you pretend to care about studying the the defensive scheme? It's stuff like that that that's made it tough for him to stick anywhere. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be back. we got to talk about the Luka Doncic book. Okay, we're back. What have you heard about Luka Doncic's offseason so far? <laughs> well, I follow, I follow him on Instagram, and uh, listen, man, the dude has had a hell of an offseason. You know, got engaged, and – has put in work like that's the one thing about luca if he's working out you don't have to wonder just just log on instagram you'll see it you'll see those stairs in slovenia yeah you'll see the stairs you know you'll you'll see how lean he's looking you know there'll be you'll, you'll click through a few times um you know i remember after his rookie season the the courtney lee comments skinny luca about to be a problem well hey skinny luca is a problem chubby luca is a problem Right. Chubby Luca. It's, it's crazy. This guy can walk in 15, 20 pounds too heavy. Right. To, to camp, have to play his way into shape, play terribly by his standards. 
and averaged 28, 8, and 8. But the, the, the thing with Luca is never going to be about can he produce offensively? Can he finish game strong? You know, can he hold up to the wear and tear of the season? Can he contribute on defense or is he going to be trying to catch his breath and, and, and basically taking possessions off? And look, all, you know, last season, I think he got heavier as the year went on and he struggled. He was the first one to admit it. He struggled defensively down the stretch. And it looks to me like he was determined to do something about it. And physically, he looks phenomenal. So you're in the midst right now of writing a book on Luca. How did this how did this book come to be? And what is the book gonna encapsulate? Well, this is this is one reason I will claim Wendy as a friend. <laughs> you know, Wendy's written a few books, uh, or a couple books, and extremely successful, both on the brawn. Um, you know, I think both from New York Times bestsellers. And so uh, the agent that he's worked with who, and works hand in hand with a publisher uh, approached him and said they had some interest in a, in a Luca book. And Wendy said, great, I know just the person for you and referred them to me. So, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate Wendy, not just because uh, he, he lets me nag him on his podcast on a weekly basis. Um, so that's basically how it came about. And I, I didn't want to... First of all, I knew that Luca was not going to be enthusiastic about cooperating. Um, I did not want it to be a Luca bio for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, I, I did not want to be poking around his personal life. Uh, I did not think that would be good for business for me. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I respect his right to have a private life. Um, and I know that's something when he first heard I was writing a book, you know, he didn't want me poking around his, his, his personal life either. And I, I, I respect that. Um, and I also didn't want to just write this book. Oh my gosh, this guy's awesome. Well, everybody knows he's awesome. So I, I think it's a pretty interesting angle. And that is that when an NBA franchise strikes gold and drafts a prodigy, there is some serious pressure that comes along with that. That is not unique to the Mavericks. That is, you know, we can go, I mean, you mentioned Damian Lillard. It's 11 years in. But, you know, but they're dealing with that pressure. Obviously, uh, LeBron has kind of ushered in this, this era of player empowerment. And it's been a roller coaster ride for the Mavericks as an organization, to say the least, uh, in, you know, in five years since Luka Doncic has been in Dallas. And so the book is kind of about, you know, the, 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 this golden opportunity and the challenges that come with it. And you know, some of them have been have been self-created, certainly. But just when you have this caliber of a superstar, the pressure to put a legitimate championship contending team around him, um, maybe or else. And I emphasize maybe because, as Luca has made very clear, he has not made any sorts of threats. But when you you know talk to people around the NBA. Certainly there's a, you know, just like, it's funny, just like when, you know, I don't know if you remember, do you remember who the last pick of that Luca draft was? The mystery relevant of that draft? Oh, no, I don't. Well, he ended up on the Mavericks. Kostas entered the Koopa. <laughs> now, why was that? You got to, no, you got to do the windy fingers if you're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because the Mavericks, just like several other teams, were trying to do everything possibly they could to angle for positioning if Giannis decided, man, it ain't happening here in Milwaukee. 
So there's teams around the league right now that you know poking and prodding. Okay, hey, how can how can we how can we get a shot at Luca if this thing doesn't work out in Dallas? And that's just part of the business of the NBA when you have that caliber of superstar. What's one thing you've learned you've learned about Luca in this process, whether through the interview or I want to ask about your trip to Slovenia next. Yeah, honestly, that talking to some of his Slovenian national teammates was fun. Um, so, you know, there's just and and you know this just from kind of seeing him, like the all the trick shots, all that kind of stuff. But this guy and and just the way that he honestly, the way he plays basketball, the way he reacts. This guy is a ruthless competitor and a really sore loser to the point of it being pretty damn funny. <laughs> you know, like, you know, if they're if if they're playing cards, right? Luca can win 10 straight hands. When he hit, when he loses the 11th, he's pissed. He's pissed. And as, as Vlaco Chanchar said, it's especially funny when, as he put it, there's people who know how to pour gasoline on the situation. <laughs> you know, his Slovenian buddies give him all kinds of hell. But, you know, you see that. Um, in basketball, you see it with the trick shot stuff, but you know, it's, it's funny because Luca kind of what I've come to realize about him is he is a guy who basically gave up his entire adolescence to commit himself to becoming as, as awesome a basketball player as he possibly could, right? Leaves his hometown at age 13 you know, goes to this essentially a basketball factory, sports factory, Real Madrid, but obviously for him, basketball, and and, and kind of punted on his adolescence, or you could say kind of paused and stayed in his adolescence. Because, you know, what does Luca love doing? Hooping, competing, and hanging out. And if, it, if it's not one of those three things, he's not real interested in it. And that's why, honestly, like the bubble was tailor-made for Luca, right? So he gets to hoop, and then the rest of the time, like, you know, they've got they've got a pool, they got pool volleyball, they got cornhole, you know, they got spike ball, they got yeah, some drinks, ball, they can go fishing, yeah, they they got the, they got a bar, like, man, this is this is the life. Are you kidding me? And I I think you know him with his national team. It's a lot like that. Like they play ping pong all they've got, like, you know, they'll have these huge brackets with these ping pong tournaments. And you know, the other thing is the guy's good at everything, <laughs> right? Like he's an awesome ping pong player, volleyball. Like he'll ask him the one thing he does like talking about to the media is how good he was at soccer growing up, <laughs> you know, like uh, just obviously uh, an incredibly talented guy um, and just wants life to be simple that's why honestly for the first four years of his career he did not want anything to do with the front office stuff hey you want to keep me in the loop that's cool but like y'all do your job and let me just you know play basketball and obviously that shifted this year where he started feeling okay this thing's not going the right direction let me you know i've got some ideas too you know we got to get something done you uh you went to slovenia for somebody like myself who's never been there, what advice would you give for me going to Slovenia? Honestly, dude, first advice I, I would give you is to go. Like, it is an unbelievably beautiful country. I'm sure you've seen pictures. Like, I posted pictures uh, on Instagram. Um, but, like, I stayed right in the, like, downtown area of, of I don't know if it's technically called downtown, like the, the riverfront area 
of Ljubljana, which is a really cool area. The, the river is kind of like that, you know, one of the main attractions, Dragon Bridge isn't far from there. Um, you know, restaurants, bars, all those kind of things. But like, it is a beautiful country. Our guy is talk Franco was yeah. like, the, the, honestly, the best advice I can give you is hit up his talk <laughs> and see if he'll be your, see if he'll be your tour guide. Cause the dude's an awesome tour guide, but like I had a blast. And I saw Luca's national team play. I don't remember if it was like a technically a World Cup qualifier or whatever, but, but one game there. And then I just spent a week kind of get, you know, getting the lay of the land and you know, talking to people and really just exploring. But like we were in hiking uh Smarnagora, which um it's a it's technically not a mountain, but it's like this shy of being a mountain. And apparently Luca lives like kind of in the uh the, the foothills. Uh, of that when he's home, uh, beautiful hike. There's a hilarious story. There was an awesome soccer player on the Slovenian national team. And Iztok will tell the story a lot better than I can because he's the one who told me it. But this uh, the soccer player was, uh, you know, didn't necessarily love training, like conditioning. And, uh, was, you know, was, was pretty hot-headed and didn't mind telling the coach what he thought. So, you know. I don't know if that reminds you of anybody <laughs> no but uh but i think it was the world cup like the, this coach like lived by smartagore and like would have these guys do these crazy runs up the mountain and was like very intense about it and uh in so many words the guy uh, threw a fit i think it was at the world cup and and basically told uh told the coach you know i can buy this i can buy this team i can buy you I can buy your dumbass Smarnagora. And boy, when he said Smarnagora, like the coach was heartbroken. The guy ended up, despite being the best soccer player in Slovenia, getting booted off that team. <laughs> Aside from getting booted off the team, there's a lot of things there that, that reminded me a little bit of, uh, of Luke and a previous coach here. <laughs> but Lake Bled is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Like they've got castles all over this country. I went to three different castles in Slovenia. Wow. One's like right there overlooking the, the area where I stayed in Ljubljana, Luca's hometown. Like I said, I, I honestly, I hope to go back and uh, hope to bring the wife next time because it's it's a place like I would love to go there on a vacation. All right, give us the details on the book, the name, release date, timeline. Uh, the, the working title is Wonder Boy, which uh, El Nino Maravillo, as you know, was kind of his original nickname in Spain, the Wonder Boy. Um, whew, I got... I'm seven chapters in, eight to go. Got to get this thing done this, you know, this off season. And it is uh, at least in pencil to be released in early March. Oh, okay. So I'm sure you'll you'll be on Twitter dropping pre-order stuff and, and all of that. And I'm excited. Yeah, for it. yeah that, right now the focus is on getting this thing to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 you know. I'm I'm about at midfield, whoo, huffing, huffing, <laughs> huffing, feeling like I'm sprinting up Smarnagora. <laughs> well, I'm sure Luke is really excited for this and excited for all the questions, more questions uh, he can get about it. And, well, listen, the one thing I, I I told everybody before I signed the deal, agent publisher, I said Luca is not going to sit down with this. <laughs> now, obviously, he's talked to the media plenty. His voice will be in there plenty, but like, you know, there, there's plenty of, of of stories to tell without putting Luca through the excruciating experience of, of sitting down and me pelting him with questions that he's going to give me three word answers on. Anyway. <laughs> All right, guys, you already follow Tim on Twitter 
or X, I guess. Oh, and uh, <laughs> you probably already have him on uh, notifications too. You can listen to him on the Hoop Collective podcast. Are y'all are y'all doing two a week right now, or basically one a week? Uh, I would say that depends on the week and whatever Wendy says. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just wait for the notification to pop up that there's a new episode, and then I'll. Uh, at least we'll at least have an episode that'll come out every Monday, and then I think the midweek is kind of a, uh, you know, a, a TBD. How you feeling? By the way, though, we'll have a ton of World Cup stuff on there because Wendy's actually going to be covering that. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, so he'll be, you know, Team USA will be his focus, but obviously, if Slovenia is in the Philippines, Wendy's going to be seeing Luca up close and personal. Well. Tim, appreciate you. Thanks for hopping on. You're never going to be banned from this podcast. <laughs> I appreciate you having me, man. And adios, right. amigos. See ya.